Hello and welcome to the Delphian podcast. Delphian is an artist-led nomadic gallery focusing on emerging and early career artists. Each episode will feature a different art world practitioner, from artists and gallerists to collectors and curators. If you liked today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the next edition of the Delphian Podcast. My name is Nick J.S. Thompson and as ever I'm joined by Benjamin Murphy. Hello. So this week we're joined by Geordie Kerwick, who is an Australian artist who creates striking gestural works that primarily feature floral still lives. Um, these often feature domestic elements that allude to hidden meanings. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so what has become our frequent opener, why are you an artist? Uh. It's a very, very good question. Um, I think passion, really. I think uh, the, the pure enjoyment got me into art, just making work for for pleasure and a bit of a, a stress reliever, I guess. And then it just turned into something more serious. And then um, it, it's become something that I'm, 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 yeah, really passionate about. And then here I am. So here um, we are. How did you get from there to here? Uh, just getting obsessive about making work, like. The first, the first, say, 100 paintings were just diabolically bad, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like hideous sort of stuff. Um, and just, yeah, just, I guess, learning by, by extreme failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just making horrible stuff and then vowing to make something slightly less horrible next time around. <laughs> and then um, just, yeah, getting obsessed about, about making stuff and, and trying to get, you know, ha- having a vision and trying to execute the vision and never getting anywhere near it. And I, I think... Um, that sort of carrot, have, having a vision without trying to, without getting to it, leads to yeah, just a compulsive passion that you keep trying to yeah. reach. But there is no end game. So here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got there. And just, uh, yeah, instead of watching TV, instead of, I mean, we've got kids. So um, once the kids are going to bed and, and, uh, something. yeah, yeah. And TV is rubbish. We were just talking about TV before. TV is no good. So, um, while Rach watched uh, 90210, <laughs> I would um, yeah, I would paint and and heckle, you know. So just yeah, and then um, after and here we are today. Here we are today. Yeah, after after many failures, and yeah, it's good to be here. So did you feel that the art world um, was a welcoming, accessible place when you first started putting work out there? Well, I think. Um, uh, I think it's hard to generalize. I mean, because I mean, the art world it consists of so many different personalities. Mm. So, so yeah, there are absolutely some really, some really, really awesome people, and then there are absolutely some some not so awesome people who, who you know, are just sort of more focused on on what they're doing. And I think that's probably a subsequence to um, to it being a really solitary game. You know, it's it, it is a it's you, yeah. and sort of everyone mm-hmm. else. So. I think if you go down that um, down that very black hole where it's just you and versus the world, it it doesn't lead to a a welcoming, open armed environment. But if um, I think if you're prepared to see there is a bigger game and there is there is value to be had in friendships and networking and all that sort of stuff, then some people are more opening and and really enjoy the the teaching and the um, mentorship aspect and I think I've had some really good mentors but no nothing official you know like will you be my mentor but just people have been really happy and willing and um and open to sharing ideas and criticism and 
you know, lending really valuable words of advice. So in that sense, I'm really, really fortunate. Absolutely. Mm. Um, you are a very kind of community-based artist in my mind, in that, in that you're very supportive and vocal about other artists and you don't seem competitive in any way like a lot of artists do. Mm. And that's very nice. Is mm. that kind of... Is that how you are um, naturally or is that... Um, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think you get more more enjoyment out of giving presents than receiving. Um, I just get awkward, you know, when someone <laughs> gives you something. I just, you know, I thank profusely and then probably overthank people <laughs> and stuff. And, um, but yeah, no, I really, I really enjoy it. I think the helping thing is, um, is important. The community aspect, you know, I think if everyone's doing well, um, then that speaks volumes for for the industry or for that community that you created. Um, you want to see everyone do well. Like, why would you, you know, I guess you don't have any bad wishes on uh, on anyone. And um, yeah, I think it's nice to, it's just nice to help, you should help. Because people help me, so why shouldn't I help other people and so on and so forth, you know, mm. pay it forward thing. Like, yeah. I just think it's, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm eternally grateful for, for the people that have always helped me, you know. Um, so I think it's important to, to create more of a community rather than just be out there slugging away by yourself because it's lonely and it's like, you know, it's like, geez, you're, you're constantly reviewing your performance and then you start questioning yourself and it's just a, mm. yeah, it's a real, it's a, it's a real deep slide to the bottom. I think if you start, if you start really, um, uh, if you make it me versus the world. So, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish that you'd done differently at the beginning when you're first starting out? Uh, yeah, probably paint better. Yeah, like just be a better artist. <laughs> you, can't, you can't start good. You have to. You have to build up to it. I just wanted to be. Yeah, no. I think. Uh, um, no, I, it's it's a really good question because it's not like it's one of those things you haven't I haven't done it before, so I don't know. It's like the only way I know. Yeah. Um, and it was like it's turned out. It's turned out well, and I think there's a huge element of luck. I think there's persistence mostly luck but you know elements of persistence and and various elements of strategy around getting to where you want to get to um i think uh no honestly i can't think of anything i'd uh, if i had more time to reflect on that question i'm sure i could find a few bits and pieces i'm certainly not saying that my entry into into the art world was flawless and seamless and i've done it perfectly there's no doubt i haven't done it perfectly there's just no regrets no yeah yeah that's a really that's like a great um, couple of word way to, <laughs> to answer as opposed to my uh, Babylon for three minutes so oh, yeah. you um, so you don't have any formal art training do you no so no. do you did that lead to you feeling like a bit of an outsider and do you still feel like an outsider yeah I think I think sometimes you get a little bit of a um, I think sometimes you think that I might be able to paint better if I knew more like sometimes wonder if I would be a much better artist if I wouldn't some sort of formal education and I'd still love to know more about the technical aspects of painting um, but I mean I'm okay with it I think one day if I had time and um, energy I, I could go and potentially study stuff I mean I read a lot so I have a, a reasonable understanding about history but I don't have a great depth of knowledge when it comes to the application of arts and uh, application of paint and and yeah, I mean, it's just all, it really is trial and error with what I do because um, I'll try stuff and just get it wrong a lot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, your, your work's got a beautiful, subtle naivety to it. 
is it um is that something that's harder and harder to preserve the more that you progress thanks well thank you for that that's 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 a nice way of putting it um yeah uh i guess yeah, I mean, there are periods of time where you like your work, you know, you like a body of work and then you see an evolution from that. But in some ways it can feel like a devolution because, yeah, you progress and you go, ah, oh, that progression wasn't necessarily something that I see as being um, a direction I wanted to go. So I think it's, I mean, you can't unsee things, can you? Like when you get inspired and when you learn something new or you go and see a show, it's hard to, it's hard to unsee things. So the progression's inevitable, but... Um, yeah, I don't know, mate. I, I, I probably don't put too much... I try not to think about it too much because I think I'll just do my head yeah. in. Like, yeah. yeah, I just try to try to come up with new ideas. I mean, how many how many ways can you paint a, a flower? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm giving it a crack, though. Um, so, um, yeah, to answer your question, I'm not 100% sure, but um, I don't put too much weight on it. Yeah. yeah. Do you see your work... Um, as sort of outsider art in a way because of your no formal training or how do you perceive it? Yeah, yeah, like yes and no. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I look at I look at like the outside artist greats, um, like, you know, William Hawkins. Henry Dodger. Um, yeah, um, Mary T. Smith. Mm-hmm. And there is this like this unbelievable, naive looseness about the work they made. And it's just... I think that's the pinnacle of outsider art, in my opinion. Like, you know, they are the, they are the, like the gods of outsider art. And I can make anything as beautiful and simple and it, it, as equally simple as intricate and detailed and as they could. Um, I don't know. Does it feel like outsider art? I don't know. What do you guys think? I, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, outsider art is, has become a broad term. Like, yeah. I think it's, your work has, has that naive vibe that is a lot of people aspire to and try and force. I mm. think yours is genuine, which is why it works so well. Yeah. That you can really see my lack of skill come through. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there, is, there is a real skill in it. Um, that's not what I mean. No, no, I know what you're saying. But um, yeah, I guess the fear in learning is, is you can't unlearn things, can you? Yeah. So if you, if, you are a, if, if you are an outsider, in inverted commas, uh, once you learn stuff, you can't unlearn it, and then you, you might lose, like your, your previous question, you might lose some of that outsider-ness. Mm. Um, I, I feel like I started exhibiting probably too early in retrospect, and my yeah. drawings, because I do figurative drawings, I didn't really know how to draw sure. properly um, for the first couple of years of my career. And when I look back on that work now, I see these kind of distorted figures but they're and great. Yeah, yeah, and it's impossible to, to fake it. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Just just on that, um, my a friend of mine, uh, Galena Glue Glue, uh, <laughs> she went like that. Um, she. We'll get her on the podcast at some point. No, she I'll do can, it. She yeah. can defend herself. She's a superstar. <laughs> Ask her. Yeah. Um, no, she just wanted me to call her Gluina. That was that was the name she was after. So um, <laughs> we we spent six weeks trying to make bad cutouts like <laughs> yeah and, and then you know we would critique them it's way too straight like that's way too good you know you have to it has to be twice as bad as that and um uh yeah it's actually really hard <laughs> to, when you when you get in the cutout and you're cutting out canvas bits and 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 to get something that looks 
semi-discarded and with no thought and done by like my five-year-old, it is so hard. It's just really... get your five-year-old to actually do it. Oh, you get bored. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I'll, I'll have to get Sunny into something. Hopefully Milo will be a bit more cooperative, but Sunny gets sick of it very quickly. So, <laughs> What would be one piece of advice that you'd give young artists when they're starting out? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, one piece of advice. All right. I mean, well, yeah, give us give multiple. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I think... Um, I, I, before I got into painting, I was into literature, which is something you and I have spoken yeah. about. You know, I was actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, I was really interested in being a writer, but can't write. So it's like, you know. Um, it's the same with anything. Though. I, it's the same with painting. You, you, you're not good when you start. You've got to. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was massively into Henry Miller, um, and and he said you have to be obsessed and possessed, and I think, <laughs> and I think that is the greatest advice you yeah. can ever give. Um, about and that just that doesn't apply with just art. That's I think anything, any any vocation. You know, get obsessed and possessed by that vocation, um, and that means draw as much as you can, paint as much as you can, read as much as you can about the greats because they're great for a reason, um, and just yeah, get into it. Like give it it all, give it your all. I think people sort of stick their big toe into things like this, mm-hmm. and really it's a really tepid approach. Scared of failure, I get it. Um, you know, scared or apprehensive about costs because it's kind of expensive now to make yeah. reasonable art. Like, yeah. you know, and if you're not selling it, if you're just getting out, like you can you can amount a fair bit of cost in, in, in getting art out there. So I think, uh, yeah, there are a lot of reasons not to throw everything into it. But I think at any level, if you can, whether it just be even collage and stuff, just get creative and, and um, throw everything into it. And if it doesn't work, shit happens, you know, move on to the next thing. But... Mm. I think the commitment's important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that would be my two cents. Um, what is something that you would change about the art world if you had a magic wand or you could click your fingers? Um, well, I think there's, there's things that I like and I'm just thinking of things that I like, what's the converse of the things that I don't, you know, it's the opposite to that. Um, it's such a, I mean, I, I work with so many cool people, so... I think I'm really Thank you. yeah yeah I think I'm, I'm <laughs> I have been really really lucky in terms of in terms of the the, the galleries I've worked with and the painters I've, I've befriended and the networks that were created. Um, I haven't had too many bad experiences. I think um, uh, I guess if anything, it's more like it's more like the art institutions. I think um, have really created a pathway that's not realistic for artists. I think having no sort of formal marketing, branding, business, uh, business development, education puts artists day one post university in a really precarious position. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm not anti-establishment at all. I think there's there's real value in, in in art education, but if you take if you take the fact that you're an artist out of out of the fact. Uh, if you take if you take the fact that you need to promote yourself and be and be a business and sell work to make more work and to live and to eat and pay rent or mortgage or whatever it is, um, you need to know how to market yourself. You need to know how to have conversations. You need to know how to manage a brand, the brand being you. Um, and I don't think that's taught enough. You know, like I know that speaking to heaps of younger artists. Um, how they sort of come out and, you know, say, ah, oh, we were told you, you know, you shouldn't sell too much work in your career. It's like, oh, that's good. So how many, you know, how many shows have you done? None. 
okay, that's that's okay. No, that's, that's fine because it's not easy to get a show. You know, and how many how many people have tried to sell work? Oh, none, but I haven't really, but I wouldn't anyway. I wouldn't sell them like anyway. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's crazy advice. Like, if, <laughs> if someone finds a, a piece of yours really intriguing and is prepared to spend money on it, sell them the work and, and get excited about it and use that momentum to go forward um, and then reinvest in your art, you know. So I think, yeah, I, I think there needs to be more conversations around how do I manage my how do I manage myself as a as a person that needs to drive a level of income to support my yeah. practice. Not Too few artists think of themselves as businesses. Yeah, and I think when you take away all the glamour, and it's really unromantic to talk. I, I get it because you know yeah. art's supposed to be a realm of, of make believe and 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 own possibilities. You know, you can create anything. You know, which is which is beautiful. But somebody's got to pay the bills. You know, somebody, <laughs> someone's got to buy more canvas, more paint, and um, and unless you're just an absolute freak, you know, uh, and, and able to secure relationships with the, the top end galleries at ripe old age of 21, you know, for 99.99999% of us, it's, um, yeah, you gotta, spreadsheets. yeah, you gotta be on your toes, you know, you've <laughs> gotta be, you've gotta be having uncomfortable conversations, you know, like I, I, thank God, I mean, you know, social media has been good in that you're able to network and have discussions with people, but my... Um, my, my value doesn't come and you can attest this boys because you saw me last night like <laughs> my value does not come in in big groups you know I'm I'm absolutely appalling I can't you know I'm, I'm just, I really struggle and so going to opens for me would probably be counterproductive to, <laughs> to anything I, I, I would people would actually walk away saying hey make sure you mark his name and we, we do not want to work with that weird dude who just sort of stood there not saying anything no, <laughs> you're not as, not as bad as you think yeah no, <laughs> definitely not I was, yeah so so I think having the capacity to to just have really you know have have nice conversations with people around the world is really is really good so um, yeah, so that, that would that would be one thing I changed, mate. Is I think it, more from a more from a grassroots level, from an institutional level, getting people more training, more understanding around money and 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 networking discussions and 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 marketing and mm. um, making making sure you portray yourself as a you know as a good person because nobody nobody wants to work with difficult people with false sense of self. You know, yeah. I think people want to work with cool people who appreciate opportunities. Um, prepare to make the best work and, and really want to have a go so yeah. yeah that would be my advice I think so you have um, and we've spoken about this before you have a background in marketing and branding and that kind of stuff right yes yeah. how much of that do you think can you attribute to your success can um, you attribute your success to yeah look uh, I, I think yeah fair bit you know um, I, I was in my, in my previous life I was I was uh, far from um, I, I could not deem my previous career as being successful at all, but you know I learned a lot um, around marketing and branding, and you know they always say perception is reality, and people's perception of you is is their reality. So you've you've got to have that in mind. I think after the show we did at Delphi, and you know, I, <laughs> do you remember the review? Yeah. <laughs> Pancho. <laughs> remember I was I was Pancho. I was Don Quixote's little friend, <laughs> and it was really interesting because the review. Kind of, do you remember? Like, kind yeah. of was short. She said, "Look, you know, he's 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 trying to do X and Y, and it was cool and it was good. Um, he's trying to be rock and roll, but he's probably just a you know sort of middle aged older dad who is <laughs> well past it." And I remember I sat there going, "God damn it." It's true. It's true. I, I am Pancho. Me. Yeah, I am Pancho. <laughs> Shit. Um, so, um, 
I think, yeah, I think it's really important to to be wary um, of your, and an inverted commas brand, you know, be wary of your brand. Um, your brand can be anything. I mean, with, with, with the, um, with the, with the invention of social media, you can literally create whoever you want. It's like acting mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. you know? Um, so I think authenticity is the key, you know? I, I, and, and, mm-hmm. and the reality is I am the most normal, like semi boring, you know, family guy going around, you know, love my boys, love to paint, adore my wife. And, you know, little else matters after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think, I think the, my, my past has certainly helped me affirm who I am. That's all that's done. Mm. And, and that knowledge enables me to create a package of this is me, you know, I'm Pancho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite as cool as Don Coyote, but I'm still on the scene, you know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still on my donkey, you know, cruising along. You should title your next show that. I am Pancho. <laughs> I am Pancho, man. <laughs> I think I think what hurt me the most was just like you know I couldn't even refute it. I was like, God damn it, I really I am Pancho. So um, it was quite a favorable review. Yeah, though. it was a great review. Oh, and, I, and it was it was honest, and I thought it, I thought it was true. You know, tr- true and not not the praise, but true in that um, it was it was it was scary how they were <laughs> without having met me actually like got me <laughs> so that's no, good though like, that your your personality tran- translates yeah, through your work yeah i think so Tr- trying to be cool but just well and truly past it so, <laughs> so. <laughs> that is exactly how i would sum you up so, yeah uh, thank you mate thank you thank you may have been cool once upon a time but yeah no so let's get mm. back to your work yes so your work is quite expressive how much planning goes into it and how um, how experimental are you when you're sure. making it? Um, so next to no planning whatsoever. Um, when I have a when I have a inverted commas lightning bolt idea, I might charcoal draw something, maybe, or just paint it straight away. Just just execute it. Um, so um, I think it's really interesting because my wife and I are um, polar opposites. She's meticulous and she's um, focused and she does these awesome digital drawings of the work she's going to execute um and i just need to get started somehow to go and get some really like shit color and chuck it on a canvas and just just, you know see where i can take it so the experimentation thing is is something that i'll just try on a canvas i think more so than in a drawing or, or a plan um the i think the benefits is the benefits of that are you can obviously just get it out of your system really quickly and that the um, the down the, like the pitfalls of that are also that you like you can just stuff up a big canvas really quickly <laughs> yeah. you can take it to a place where it's hard to turn back so um, yeah the shrinkage and throwing out shitty canvases is, is, is something that is probably not overly great but um, I find that very liberating I destroy yeah. I destroy works that aren't working and it feels great yeah. even so like quite often I'll spend like four days on something and then I'll I think this is garbage and I'll be plowing on and then I'll just have this brainwave and I'll be like, actually, I don't have to do this. And then I just <laughs> scrap it and I feel free. I don't feel like I've lost four days. I feel like but, I've gained however yeah. many days I would have. The sunk cost fallacy. The, there is there is there's no doubt you would have learned a lot from yeah. that. Like it's it, it's hard to create like a, t- a tangible value to that um to that learn lesson. But you do, like, you know, of scrapping that is great. And yeah, I'm the same, mate. I don't I don't I don't necessarily like 
I don't cut them up. I just put them outside and then get told off every six months. <laughs> like, what are we doing with all this shit out the back? Um, so, um, yeah, I think I think the, the planning aspect is 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 relatively non-existent apart from some chocolate drawings and then mm. and then we're off and running and it's yeah, it's good. It's good. I haven't done like I haven't I haven't really got experimental for for um, like my, you know like really experimental for. For almost like seven eight months now it's just been executing sort of ideas for shows that i wouldn't call experimental i'd say that there's mm. some fresh ideas and fresh approaches but it's by no means experimental but i have got a whole lot of experimental stuff lined up i just need to get to it and i'm really are you too kind of constrained by having shows imminent shows that you've got to create work for that you don't really have the freedom and time to experiment on Spot on, mate. Well. Yeah, absolutely. And and usually I'm, I'm I'm really undisciplined and just do the experimentation anyway. But mm. it's just like um, it just creates more pressure because whilst I'm making that stuff, I'm not making the stuff I should be. So I feel like a bit of a you know a bit of a six year old sort of um, eating all your ice cream first and pushing the fruit to the side and then slowly, <laughs> you know slowly getting to that. But um, man, I'm, I'm I'm really excited about something like at the next stage. Um, and I can't just, you guys know, you can't just introduce experimentation work into shows because I think when you work with galleries, they see your work and they're, they like your work and they're inspired by your work and they want to show work within the same realm. Yeah, they want to show work that they've seen in your last show, yes. basically. Yeah, yeah. New. new. A new version of what you've just done. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think also if you take on that show, you also have a level of obligation to also commit to mm. something like that. So to introduce a whole a whole new body of work is uh, it's it's something I think you've got to do with people with galleries that trust your direction and you have really open um, and honest dialogue with and um, yeah I've got there's, there's there's a couple of galleries now that I think will always be supportive of that I don't know how happy that would be but they're they're absolutely supportive around around that new direction um, so yeah we'll see we'll see what I mean. That's why I need Glowina to come and tell me it looks rubbish or, or it looks good. She's very good with feedback, very critical. Um, at, um, yeah, there's no pulling punches. So That's the best way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. And it's honest and it's coming from a good place. You know, she's mm -hmm. not saying it to, to be to be difficult or picky. It's just, yeah, this is this does not look good. <laughs> Put this one out in your garden. And yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just slide it outside for a while and, yeah. <laughs> What happened to the, um, you were making some kind of semi-sculptural paintings yes. that had like metal frames and stuff. Is that something you're still doing? Yeah, I just can't get it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I haven't had the time because it takes, I think it takes a lot of curation. So I'm working on these um, shrines, Yeah. for lack of a better word. Um, the process has been awesome up until now. Um, I'm working with this um, French artist, uh, it doesn't speak a lick of English. My French is amateur at best. So we spend the whole time basically laughing and like hand gesturing and just like, he's just awesome. Like he's fantastic. Cause you know, obviously there's a language barrier, but we're saying the same thing and we both mm -hmm. know it. So it's just a lot of, a lot of drawing and a lot of so, 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 and a lot of, you know, like trying to, trying to nut out dimensions and weights and feels and images. And because he's, because obviously he's a, he's a phenomenally, phenomenally skilled man. Um, and an artist, he kind of gets it. So it's really, it's a real privilege to be working with Pierre. Um, and 
yeah, I wanted the nut out this idea around these, these shrines. We're having a painting and, and sort of um, just questioning the arbitrary nature of worship. So um, early in the year, Rach and the boys and I, we spent some time in Italy and then spent some time in Spain and obviously being um, religious, you know, religious countries. Um, you see a lot of these beautiful shrines. And I adore them. I'm, I'm, I personally am not religious um, and, I, and I don't have a problem with anyone's religion. Um, but I just find it really interesting, like worshipping something, you know, a, an object. Um, so I thought I'd like to make some, some of these shrines with these big steel, um, um, steel developed wall hangings um, filled with arbitrary things to worship um, that aren't necessarily pretty or nice, but um, are as arbitrary as worshipping a... A Madonna or a you know a picture of, of a of a deity. So instead of you know I put cigarettes and condoms and <laughs> ashtrays and pocket watches and you know fake flowers on my shrine and then paint you know either an, an abstract work or some flowers as, a, as an object and it just yeah I really like the idea of it's the first they're pretty kitschy, um, but they yeah it's something that's like. That there is, it's it's really interesting. It's just not there yet. Um, and I, <laughs> but now I have got a lot of hold of these shrines, and I <laughs> so I have to do I have to do something with them. And it just I think it's going to be one of those things that just sort of pop. Like yeah. you'll have a revelation. And I go that's what that's what's missing. Yeah, because the foundation's there. I'm really happy with where it's going. But by no means is is it is it something that's I, I could call like a completely finished work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to roll them out and it's something I think um, in terms of your interactive nature with people, I love the idea of interactive art. So hopefully when, when we get there, um, people will be able to create their own shrines. So check them out and they can put whatever they want on the shrine and they can put a painting in or take a painting out and put some of their own personal effects and take imagery and create their own sort of shrines. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just an interesting discussion. I always find worship interesting you know the arbitrary nature of worship and and why we do it and you know does it does looking at something with a religious connotation have any more value or or output as looking at a white wall mm. and or saying, looking at a still life of flowers with a condom yeah yeah unused by the way unused condom. <laughs> yeah, still, in the, still in the packet so yeah so you're talking earlier about um experimentation yes. do you think that you're quite spontaneous in when you're when you're painting in your work absolutely yeah i try to be yeah i think um yeah i try to put to, not too many mental restrictions on, on on where i'm going um there's definitely a definitely developed a process that annoys the shit out of me like i have a way of doing things which i find really annoying because i don't know how to not do it that way now mm. um even when we moved to france from australia i didn't paint for would have been almost seven weeks it's like I almost forgot stuff and I had to recreate a, a process again. So I think that there's definitely an element of process, which, um, you know, the grass is always greener. I think those people that are, you know, like abstract expressionists that just get in there, get loose and create these beautiful works of art. Um, I think someone who's more um, processed would love that. But then again, I know a couple of people that are a bit more loose that would love to have a bit more of a process and with a, with those specific outcomes. So it's like, I, I feel like the grass is always greener in those, in that aspect. I don't know if I'd ever be able to get in there and get entirely free. Um, but yeah, but I just strayed away from the question. I don't even know. 
<laughs> sort of took that to a new place. That's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that yeah, I, I think um, the spontaneity is good though, mate. You know, like I, I will paint anywhere, any place because because I taught myself to paint the kitchen table. Like I, I don't feel any restrictions, and I feel like I could. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll make it work anywhere. Yeah. I don't have to have a set of conditions. So whilst I'm process driven and making it, I can do it anywhere still, mm. which is cool. Which is I like, you know. Um, yeah. So your work it kind of takes, how I see it, three forms. So mm-hmm. you predominantly do still lives. Um, you also do abstracts, and then fairly rarely you do portraiture. Mm. Do you do they all come from the same place, and do you approach them all in the same way, or what's um, the process? Yeah, the, I think I uh, they they do. Um, I really like anti-color with abstracts, and, and I have a conversation with with Mr. Salgado all the time about <laughs> being a reluctant colorist in abstract. I really try to stick with black and white. Um, I feel like I get all the color I need out of out of doing some figurative work, whether it be portraits or or still life, and they're usually flooded with color and tone and you know rich palette. And then I think the challenge in in abstract is um, restricting the possibilities and trying to get something equally as evocative, uh, evoking, sorry, um, which, yeah, which is kind of hard. So they become more about texture and more about depth and more about form than, than something that's really vibrant. Um, I see, uh, yeah, so there's definitely two different parts of the brain for sure. There's no doubt about it. And, and I actually find it really hard to do, like I couldn't sit there and do one flower painting and then one abstract and then one flower, like I, I'm not that intelligent. Like I can't, like, <laughs> I can't switch that freely. It's like I'll need, um, I need a montage in between. <laughs> you know, I'll need to do. I'll just, I'll just, um, I'll be working on on flowers, and then I'll just sort of do something semi, semi abstract with a bit of color, and then I'll, and then I'll do an abstract painting in between. That's generally pretty awful. Mm. Um, if I've just come from from making figurative work, right. and then yeah, so I, I yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that fluid and I'm not that intelligent to be able to just switch like that from abstract to 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 figurative it takes a little bit of time in between um and I feel like with abstracts you have to gear up to them like you spend so much time thinking about it um and you think and you think and you think and you think and you can sit in the studio for half a day and do very little or I'll just waste time just doing base layers like I'll do one oh I better do another better do another so sometimes before I've even made an abstract there'll be three or four layers like complete layers of 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 oil or oil acrylic you know and and it's already heavy <laughs> it's already a heavy painting based on what i've just done only because i'm procrastinating because i'm not i want to make sure i make the right move so there's there is there is an apparent there is a, to a degree there is an apparent lack of freedom in them that don't necessarily look that way yeah they quite they still sort of look naive and a bit raw and stuff if you had unlimited time money space blah 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 what would be your ideal project like there's no constraints. <laughs> no constraints. I asked this question to um, Taylor White. Yeah. He said he wanted to affix Matthew McConaughey to one of his paintings. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I was going to say, I'd like to morph into Rothko. I'd like to become, <laughs> just slowly turn like Benjamin Button style into Mark Rothko. Um, maybe just a little bit taller. And um, yeah, I mean, no, nah, like in all seriousness, I think that um, no constraints. Uh I look at Helen Frankenthal's work. So I, I don't think you necessarily need to get like overly carried away with this question because it's, it's a, such a good question. But Frankenthal worked on these epic scales 
and seemed to have time and space to be able to do that and mastered these paintings through what looks to be pretty a relatively simple and, and chance chancy process. So that'd be sick. You know, if someone said to him, Matt, I'd love you to make me 26 meter by 19 meter paintings. <laughs> I'll be down for that. You know, look at Schnabel. I mean, Schnabel was just out there on the beach making eight story paintings and, and having a good time. Yeah, actually I'd morph into Schnabel too. Maybe a bit of Schnabel, maybe a bit of Rothko. Just, yeah, have a good time. So aside from the morphing into dead artists, well, Schnabel's still, still going strong, man. Yeah, sorry. He's making good Rothko. movies. He's made, yeah. You just want to paint big paintings. That is that is by far the most um, possible answer to this question I've ever had. I'm, I'm so simple, man. <laughs> I'm wearing about eight bucks worth of clothing now. And this is like, <laughs> I'm a simple dude, man. That would, that would be happy. That would be happy. I think I've won it all. Like, at some point in time, we all want Ferrari. Well, maybe not Ferraris, but, you know, you want an amazing car and you want 15 properties and you want all this sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure. That would make me happy. You <laughs> like, can get all the happiness um, you need with a black T-shirt from Primark. And yes, from... man. 18 bucks worth of clothes and six by 19 meter paintings. <laughs> what more, more could be like that? That's heaven, you know. I think, yeah, simplicity. Yeah, I, I just think that the older I get, the, the, the faster I learn that simplicity is, is the most beautiful thing. Like just a simple life. I really love it. Just time. Time and space. Yeah, time and space, like you said in the question. Time is something that um, you can't buy, really. Um, and space is hard to get in London. <laughs> hard to get in Melbourne is too. That's why we moved to France. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, a very simple response. And and then maybe in the next realm, Rothko and Schneidel. Great. All right. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.